You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the costume designer for Harriet, Paul Taswell. There's not much time. You got to be miles away from here for dawn. Where is she? Follow that north star. If there are no stars, just follow the river. Listen for them. Fear is your enemy. Whoa. Easy now. I'm gonna be free or die. I don't know if you know how extraordinary this is, but you have made it 100 miles to freedom all by yourself. Would you like to pick a new name to mark your freedom? Harriet Tubman. Everybody, this is the Next Best Picture podcast. I have with me Paul Taswell, the costume designer for Hamilton, and most recently, Harriet. Paul, how are you? I'm great. Great to be here. So obviously, you know, you've made quite a name for yourself in the stage world in the last decade or so. Uh, what brought you to the big screen? Um, I was asked to <laughs> come on board uh, by Casey. I, you know, I, I, uh, I've been so fortunate over my, you know, career, you know, 25-plus years uh, working on amazing, uh, theater productions, um, some Broadway and, and, you know, some, you know, regionally. Uh, and, you know, I, I had not explored, uh, film work as, uh, as extensively. And, you know, I think that, uh, now, you know, I, I'm very interested in, expanding and, and moving in that direction, in a, you know, in a uh, much more proactive way, um, just, you know, to uh, uh, continue to be a creative person. Well, so how would you say it's different making costumes for the screen where you have cameras that pick up tiny details versus making costumes for the stage in the Broadway production? For me, it's not... You know, it, it, it is less about detail because I, you know, I, I uh, tend to be a very detail, detail-oriented designer. Uh, you know, where I uh, imagine, you know, uh, and and see things up close, and also uh, see the value in in that, you know, in that detail still being there from a distance. You know, if if, if it's something that's for, you know, say. Uh, the Metropolitan Opera, you know, that, that's a, you know, a vast, uh, space that you, you do need to think about the scale of, of your detail. Uh, but, you know, I think, you know, from film, you know, from stage, sorry, from, uh, the Broadway stage to film, that sensibility is, is, you know, very similar, you know, goes hand in hand. But, um, I would say that a big difference is what you are, you know, the poetic license that you are able to use uh, for a theater piece. So, you know, what I was able to do with the 18th century uh, for Hamilton uh, versus uh, how uh, you, you know, how an audience sees clothes, uh, say for Harriet. Um, you know, where they're going through spaces that are real spaces. You know, they're, they're real architecture. It hasn't been abstracted. They're going through a forest. That, you know, that, that is, you know, it's all much more in, in an environment, uh, of reality. 
Uh, and it's, you know, it, it's all set up so that we're transporting the audience into that period and what was plausible in that period. So, you know, speaking of being in real environments, uh, how did you get around the fact that you're filming in the South where it's very hot and the clothes that obviously these are based on are notoriously stuffy? Is that something you factored into the designs, just making them comfortable? <laughs> Uh, no, I did. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately oh, for the actors, I mean, it really, you know, uh, you know, and we, we, you know, it, it, it's the same situation for, uh, you know, for a theater piece, for, you know, for, say, you know, again, for Hamilton as well. I mean, it, you know, I, it, it is for, definitely for a film, it's important to, uh, you know, stay as close as possible to uh, the fabrics that were used in the period. Right. You know, partly for you know because of how they look, uh, and then also just how they move, how they move, uh, you know, on on a person's body. And I and you would you know one would be able to tell even if you weren't a, a designer, you know, that something was off if the fabric is in the right weight. You know, if it doesn't feel like what they would actually have built, you know, or tailored uh, a, a suit coat uh, or a frock coat out of, or or what they would have made a dress out of, even though uh, it might be uncomfortable. Um, and then you hope that, you know, it's like that was reality. You know, in that period, you know, there were no air conditioners. You know, right. there, there were no electric fans. So, you know, it was, it was living life. Uh, as a struggle, you know, and uh, I think that it, it helps to set a, a real tone, I mean, you know, a, a realistic tone. So if they're sweating on camera, that's exactly what they'd be doing at the time? So that's what they that. would have been doing. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> now, it would be, you know, it's a different situation if, you know, we're, we're, we're filming a scene where, you know, it really takes place in the winter and it's, you know, it's uh, 80 degrees out or, you know, 90 degrees out. Uh, some adjustments might have to be made, but it wouldn't be necessarily in the, in the fabrics. You know, it would be cooling them down in some other way uh, that was not, you know, in, in a, a man-made way. Um, but I, I, even so, I think that, you know, as the designer, it's important for me to, uh, you know, hold true to uh, what it would have been. Hey there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. See you soon. You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death Ready. of a Film Star. And action. Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, 
Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs. So one, uh, you mentioned, obviously, that you're, you're really adhering a lot to the historical details, to reality. Um, but you also have a lot, it seems like, symbolically going on with Harriet's outfits and the colors. Um, tell me a little bit about maybe, despite all the realism, kind of the poetic touches that you tried to add. And it, sure. uh, we start with Harriet, you know, when we first uh, see her, um, you know, she she is... Uh, on the plantation, she's uh, owned by the Botus family, and the clothes, the the dress that she is wearing, it's a um, uh, a blue gray stripe uh, linen dress uh, that uh, shows obvious wear. You know that she has, you know that this is the one dress that she has to wear to do uh, everything that she has to do around the plantation, all the work that she has to do, wears it every day. Uh, she also has, you know, a, a corset and a petticoat on underneath as well. So she's dressed uh, with all of the elements of, of, you know, a woman of that period and a slave of that period. Um, and then uh, we follow her in her escape and see how that dress deteriorates, you know, starts to fall off of her body. Uh, after it's gone, you know, uh, she goes into the rapids of, you know, of, of the river that she jumps into. She comes out and, you know, it, it's basically, you know, it's, it's in tatters, you know, completely in tatters. And we're down to ground zero, you know, basically, where, you know, she's, she's given uh, a dress from, you know, it's a, a, um, a, a Quaker, uh, you know, classic style uh, that she... Uh, is gifted from, you know, the Quaker family that she uh, is rescued by. Um, and uh, once she goes into Philadelphia, she's introduced to Marie, who befriends her, and that she lives in Marie's boarding house. But through Marie, she starts to develop uh, as a woman of the, you know, a woman of the city uh, and, and a free woman, and uh, she, we, we see that she's creating her style. Um, you know, the, the, there are dresses that are gifted to her so that she can go back to get her uh, her family and you know other passengers that she can, uh, helps to to free. That green dress, that strong green that I use, was specific to you know keeping her connected to the earth and right. uh, the the um, uh, nature that she was going to guide you know the, her passion, passengers through, um, and that was the start of you know you know seeing her you know because because with that dress that dress was given to her because it would was, was a dress it's a silk dress so it was iridescent but it is potentially a dress that definitely you wouldn't find on a slave. Right. So, you know, it starts this idea of uh, becoming a master of disguise. She also, you know, she uh, takes on male roles as well as she's disguising herself to, to ride under the radar 
of the slave catchers and wherever she's going. Um, and uh, then, you know, there's uh, an outfit that is, you know, we see her run through the force with, with again, an, uh, a set of passengers, a set of, of slaves that she's helping to free them. And that's her bandit book, which is one that is this, uh, it, it's this combination, this collage of both feminine clothing and male clothing together, which becomes a, you know, function forward uh, outfit where, you know, she's putting together an outfit where that she can work in the way that she needs to work or, you know, make it through the terrain that she needs to make it through. Um, but it, you know, in that combination of male and female, she becomes, she starts to look very pow- powerful as well as there's a, you know, there's, there's kind of a, a, a style about her. I mean, I think that from a modern eye, there is a, there's a stylishness about her that is attractive. Um, but oh, I think yeah. that it's more what I was trying to do was, you know, to give her a strength, uh, a strength of character. Uh, and, and a, you know, the, the, the eye that, you know, the, you know, you see it in the poster, you know, it's this kind of, uh, sweeping, um, you know, coat that, uh, gives her some visual power. That as an idea is carried into her, you know, her, her, power look, you know, they're, they're probably the, the most powerful look uh, that we see her uh, in, which is this uh, all red, you know, it's a, a really deep red. Oh, uh, yes, coat, I love that. Velvet coat and, and uh, red dress. And that was, that, that's, you know, that's the peak of her poetic kind of scheme, clothing scheme, her track. Uh because it is heroic, uh, because it it gives her a superhuman uh, quality. Uh, it you know it resonates in that way. Uh, it's heraldic uh, in a way, and you know it, it, and it's you know it's try, I was trying to underscore you know hoping to un- underscore uh, that she you know had arrived at, at, you know as a as a hero and and as a mythic figure. Um, so that's, that's kind of where, you know, and then, then our, our final look is her as a, um, uh, a, a union officer right. leading, leading the troops, uh, down the river. That's such a cool scene, by the way. Um, yeah. what about additional characters? I know because there are significant historical figures that you have to almost without them ever being addressed by name. The audience kind of has to know who they are. For example, I think Frederick Douglass pops up in the background in a couple scenes. Uh, Tell me a little bit about building some of the supporting and background characters. All of those other characters, I mean, especially when they, you know, the the names that we recognize, there are daguerreotypes that exist of the actual people. So it becomes, you know... you're, you're balancing who the, the person that's cast along with who the actual person was and how we can uh, move that image as close as possible to uh, what, you know, who they were and how they dressed. Um, you know, some of that is about hair, um, but, uh, but most definitely, 
you know, it's the economic level and style of, of the clothing that, you know, I, I see represented in, in the, the daguerreotypes that exist. Um, there was, you know, the, the, uh, the abolitionists, you know, that, that kind of secret society, uh, for Casey, she wanted to establish that this was like, you know, they're, they're the, let, let's say, the most bohemian, stylish group uh, of Philadelphia. You know, they're they're the who's who of uh, of of the artists and and thinkers and writers, uh, you know, of, of Philadelphia. So it's trying to give that feel in that scene. You know, where where uh, where, where Harriet uh, first meets them and is inducted into. Uh, that society. Marie, uh, is, is kind of an amalgamation of, of, uh, many of the portraits, the daguerreotype portraits that I found, where there, you know, there were many more than I ever thought that I would be able to find of, uh, uh, free black, black people, uh, in America. Um, it, you know, I was delighted to be able to find uh, those photographs and, you know, and of an, uh, you know, showing an economic level that was really refined, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, really beautiful clothing. Um, uh, so it was, it was re- reinterpreting those, you know, those images, uh, on, on Janelle, uh, and, you know, again, you know, setting her up as, uh, you know, kind of the, the stylish figure that, is achievable. Uh, not that it's, it, you know, that it's important that she's stylish, but it is important that she's a self-made woman yeah. uh, and uh, and sophisticated in that. Well, we're about out of time, but since you told me you, uh, you're hoping to maybe stay in the film world, do you have your eyes set on any future projects, maybe working with Lynn on Tic Tic Boom or anything? Uh, no, I, I won't be doing tick tick boom. Uh, at least not that I know of right now. But um, it, I, I uh, 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 just designed uh, West Side Story with oh. Spielberg uh, directing, and that was most of my summer. And that was oh my uh, uh, into the about a month into the fall, and it was an amazing uh, experience. Really, an amazing experience. And I think the film is going to be really beautiful and. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it coming out uh, uh, next next Christmas. Um, so we've got a year to wait. Oh my God, that's that's going to be fantastic! I can't wait to see that, and I can't wait to see your work in it. Oh, thank you, thank you. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to me, and uh, I look forward to hopefully hearing your name pop up throughout the awards season. You did a fantastic job with the film, and I'm glad it's being such a success right now. Oh, well, thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thanks. All right. Enjoy your afternoon. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Will Mavity's interview with the costume designer for the film Harriet, Paul Taswell, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always. We shall see you all next time.
Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.